within a week I had three jobs legitimately. I was sneaking out of my window at night to go work at the laundromat. I was working at a hotel. And so when H put that seed in me and my mom telling me she believed in me, the one thing I knew I had going into Nike and burning the shits is I'm not going to let anyone outwork me. They might be smarter, but I'm going to work so hard that I make other people literally question their commitment to their own dreams. And so going into Nike on day one, I was just going to be relentless, just relentless with work ethic because really, that's all I had. Welcome to the Shark Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm an NFL veteran of eight years, and now I'm an author, leadership and personal development coach, and international speaker. In this podcast, you will learn strategies to get unstuck in life and find your influence. You will hear inspirational and value-packed stories from former and current elite-level athletes, successful entrepreneurs, and experts in the field of personal development. My mission is to help former elite-level athletes find their identity and utilize their influence to create a life of impact. My guest this week on the Shark Effect is Tim Gobey. Now, Tim spent 11 years at Nike. He was a former product director at both Nike and Brand Jordan, and he consistently demonstrated exceptional leadership skills and a keen business acumen. Leading the Nike Athletic Training Division, he successfully generated over $600 million in revenue, establishing it as an industry powerhouse. Tim continued to shine at Brand Jordan, where he designed the first Jordan Apparel training line, played a role in the launch of Jordan football, and oversaw Jordan basketball. His visionary approach and deep understanding of consumer behavior have consistently positioned him as a driving force in the industry. Recently, Tim co-founded Active alongside with Jeffrey Jordan, son of Michael Jordan, redefining the women's activewear landscape. Active has revolutionized sustainable activewear by combining plant-based materials with uncompromising style, performance, and durability, all while ensuring biodegradability within five years or less. Industry leaders are applauding Active as the Tesla of activewear, with Tim's visionary guidance propelling the brand to innovate within the market. Tim has an incredible story of the beginning of where he started, but then also how resourceful you can be. And he gives tools and tips that can help all of us be more resourceful when it comes to being creative. All right, let's check him out. All right. TG, man, hey, thank you so much for being agreeing to be on the Shark Effect. Man, can you tell my listeners just a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Tim Gobey. Uh, grew up in Portland, Oregon. Actually, Canby. Uh, from there, went to the University of Oregon. Major Go in Ducks. Psychology. Yeah, that's funny. Go Ducks. Yeah. Uh, major in psychology. Originally, I planned to be a child counselor, believe it or not, and uh, somehow found my way into the world of Nike, where I met you. And so, yeah, homegrown. Uh, Oregon Duck. Ended up working at Nike, and now I'm launching my uh, new brand. It's called Active, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. Absolutely. So, yeah. We're definitely going to get in there. But I want to go before <laughs> before you did all the the beautiful stuff. You're working at Nike on some different projects. I know you pulled me in to, uh, you know, to to help the brand, uh, Jordan, Jordan brand. Mm-hmm. When you got over there, um, you're the, the number one reason I became a Jordan brand global trainer. But before all that, 
what were you doing before you got at Nike? I love this story, by the way. So, oh man. <laughs> so, I mean, going back to my childhood, like in school in general, I, I was never good at school. I was the worst. I was the kid looking out the window dreaming. And if I came home with C's, uh, I have two sisters that got A's. My parents were ecstatic. Like, I really struggled in school. And so, uh, it took me five years to graduate high school. Uh, just struggled. Went to the University of Oregon. That took me five years to graduate. Uh, really struggled through school, but, you know, scratched and, and clawed my way through. And all my peers left. And I watched them go on to become lawyers, doctors, you know, real estate agents. And I found myself working at Nordstrom's because my whole career in college, I'd worked at Nordstrom's selling shoes. So became the manager there. But, man, I just did not feel good about myself watching all my friends and just move on to real careers. And I felt lost, Alex, like really just felt down the dirt, like everyone's moving on. This is just my destiny because school is not my thing. And so we used to have these talks at, at Nordstrom and the store manager would bring in, you know, a special guest, much like you go speak to, to people. And I would always fall asleep in those meetings, man. Like they would bring in someone like, oh, here we go. <laughs> one day, one day, I'm ready. I grab my coffee. I'm still falling asleep. They're like, you know, let us introduce Howard White. My eyes are closed. And I hear, if you have a dream. And I don't know what it was about H's voice, who's vice president of Jordan Brand. I set up. He's first words he said, if you have a dream, believe in that dream, no matter what the world tells you. And I remember this clear day. He said, the kid that cures cancer, the little boy, the little girl, going to be someone in their bedroom because they know there's no glass ceiling. They don't know that they're not supposed to be able to cure cancer. So they're going to think outside the box and do it. So many times in life, we get caught up in this toolbox of this is what society says it must be. And it hit me because in that moment, I'd always been told my whole life, you won't make it. Your grades are bad. You don't have a chance, even though in my heart, I always felt I did. And I grew up with a single mom and she was the only one that believed in me. You got this. You got this. You can do this. And so my mom always told me that, but I still felt like unsure. But here in age, I believed him. And, and he had just written this book called Believe to Achieve. And we mm -hmm. each got a copy. And that hour went by like this. Because I was literally glued to every word he said and held on to it. And at the end of age speaking, you know, he sees hundreds of people. He's worked with the best, right? MJ, you name it. He built brand Jordan MJ. And so I get my book, don't even know him, but I say, H, I'm going to see you at Nike and Jordan one day. And, you know, he probably hears this from a lot of people. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Nice to meet you, Tim. <laughs> Keep signing his uh, autograph. Yeah, when I when uh, when you make it to Nike or Jordan, come see me. H believe hashtag right. And so I'm sure I left that day. I'm like, I'm gonna make it to Nike, and I'm sure H forgot about even who I was because he sees a million people, right? But I held on to his words, believe, and within that, I read the whole book. I don't know if I've told you this in 24 hours. Went home, read it. Oh, wow. Cover to back 24 hours. 
And the next day I had a buddy's wife who was a recruiter. And you know, at Nike, there's black badges and white badges. I don't know what it meant at the time, but they would hire people for two days, one week, seven days, a month. And it just depends what you get. And so I called my buddy's uh, wife, hey, I want to get into Nike. And she's like, you know, can I send your resume? Literally, I'm like, we both know it's not that good. It's Nordstrom's. And she's like, okay, let me see what I can do. And so mm-hmm. two days later, she calls me back. She's like, hey, uh, Tim, I have this merchandising assignment, but it's only three days. Would you want to take it? And I'm like, I was making back in the day, you know, 45000 as a manager at Nordstrom's. I wasn't proud of it, but I'm like, leave it for three days. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't. I just couldn't risk it. And I humped the phone. I looked on the shelf in the back room, and this was at Nordstrom, and I saw H's book. And I picked up the phone, and I said, I don't even know what a merchandiser is, but I'm going to take that job. It's three days. Let's go. And so I called her back. She said, okay. I put in my two weeks that day at Nordstrom, Alex, and uh, showed up at Nike not even knowing what a merchandiser was for three days. Hold on, hold on. Nothing promised. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Oh no, no, because because this is so good. I gotta stop you. So number one, I want my listeners number one to to understand like you know Tim hearing it from his mom, right? Hey, you can do this. You know you you know positive all this you know all this stuff that that moms say, but sometimes it takes one conversation or one thing from somebody else from an outside so who he didn't even know who Tim was but sometimes there's fruit in conversations from people that you don't even know that they say something and then it just triggers it's like this i can tell my kids especially like my football my dbs in the family in the family i got a couple of minutes family who play the same position daddy played I did it at a high level and I'm telling them, I'm coaching them. I give them principles and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, okay, dad, yeah. And then they go somewhere else and they hear it from a high school coach or maybe even a college coach. Oh, it makes so much sense now. <laughs> and, and I'm like, cool. Yep. As long as, as long as you, if they can help you with belief and which can help you with confidence, then absolutely. And this is the same thing like mm-hmm. for you. Uh, you're hearing it from H, you've seen H's book. And what I love is like the commitment. So burning the ships. So and that's what I Burning did. the ships. This is something that it gives me goosebumps. But um, the Vikings way back in the day, when they were about to take over a territory, the first thing they would do to show commitment and saying that hey, there's no going back is they would get off their ships and they would burn them. So now so now you committed and hopefully that makes you motivated. So I see that in you and in in this story. So I was I just wanted to kind of put every glue everything together, but um that is commitment, a level of commitment that only a few have. So anyway, man, I want to highlight that. Yeah. But go ahead. And I knew and I knew Alex, you know, the one thing my mom gave me was hard work growing up with a single mom is Looking back now, taking care of three kids, working at a, uh, a grocery store, I didn't know that we were poor. I knew we weren't rich, but I've watched my mom work so hard. And going back to college, which taps into what H did, it's the one thing my mom taught me 
is work ethic. In college, I couldn't afford it, right? My mom's like, if you want to be there bad enough, you're going to find a way to get through. And I remember calling her, I need at least $1,000 for rent to get through. And she's like, hey, then you're going to have to come home and work and you can go back to college when you're ready to go. But if you want it, I know you'll find a way. And so within a week, I had three jobs legitimately. I was sneaking out of my window at night to go work at the laundromat. I was working at a hotel. And so when H put that seed in me, and my mom telling me she believed in me. The one thing I knew I had going into Nike and burning the shits is I'm not going to let anyone outwork me. They might be smarter, but I'm going to work so hard that I make other people literally question their commitment to their own dreams. And so going into Nike on day one, I was just going to be relentless, just relentless with work ethic because really, that's all I had. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes in the beginning, it's all you need. Okay, so. So mm-hmm. so three so you had this three day job, and then mm-hmm. what? And then you out out on the streets, you looking for more work. What what happened after that? Man, so I showed up day one uh, with this awesome lady. Uh, her name was Debbie Lashenko, and she was uh, the person that was hiring me. So she hired me. She's like, "All right, Tim, I'm going on uh, my wedding honeymoon for three days, so I need to train you to be my job, a merchandiser." And in my head, as she's saying, I'm like, what's a merchandiser? I don't even know what. A, you got this. You, you're comfortable with merchandising? I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I can merchandise. Not even know what, knowing what, what it is, right? And so we clicked, and she became a biggest blessing on my life, which I'll get to in a minute. But, you know, she trained me day one. Here's the system, PPS. You know Microsoft and PowerPoint, of course. I'm like, yeah, of course. Who doesn't? I didn't know a thing. <laughs> didn't know. Didn't even know how to, I didn't even know how to open PowerPoint, oh. Excel, job, right? So day one, I remember her leaving. All right, Tim, I need you to clean up this Excel sheet. Yeah, of course. She leaves. I need it done in two hours. At that time, Nike had a help desk. I'm 911. <laughs> help desk? Yeah. How do I merge sales? How do I add up numbers? I mean, literally, the guy was walking me through for an hour on how to create the sheet. And by the time she got back, here's your sheet. And the dude walked me through it. And I never let her know. She, hey, Debbie, just so you know, if you're listening to this, I never knew anything. But, hey, but you knew. But here's the thing. You knew how to find resources. You that's knew it. how to ask questions and how to find resources. I think that's such a, a huge takeaway from this story is, like, resources. Don't Not, not, let, not letting pride get in the way. Oh, that's so You're cool. You're putting it in. And, and and I had I've had to my whole life like people always say there's IQ and there's EQ right IQ you read a book you know the bullets you take a test you get an A I, my whole life I've been EQ and I tell people this all the time going back to street smarts or resourcefulness like you say to in college I couldn't afford college books but YouTube had just launched all right I'm gonna learn photosynthesis on YouTube and I would sit in the U of O library and watch videos because I couldn't afford books. And so when I got to Nike, it was the same thing. It's street smarts. It's, 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 I know my IQ is what it is in books, but I know how to maneuver the matrix. So that's what I'm going to use. So what does EQ stand for? Like break that down. It's, it's like emotional intelligence. And so, so now you see a lot of brands are starting to judge, uh, uh, future employees on EQ because IQ is I can take a test and I memorize what to do A to Z. But what happens when it doesn't go plan? A lot of people panic because they'll say the book said to do this. This is the only answer where, you know, I grew up. It's like, 
it's not the only answer. Okay, I'm going to have to figure out another way. And so it's just being more creative, tapping into resources. How do you adapt to stress and situations? Because when you're in a boardroom, for example, you know, one of the things that, that Nike is a pressure cooker. I had to learn to adapt on my feet just like I did in college. And so that was, that's been one thing I've always been good at life is adapting to change on the immediate with the resources around me because it's all I had to lean on. And so many brands now, I was just talking with uh, my stepson's friend. He's like, man, I only got a 2.37 yesterday. I'm like, man, but you got EQ. You've got drive. Don't discount that. And so that's what EQ is, emotional intelligence. And, and, and the reality is you really need both. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. So, you know, you're so you're using these different um, EQ things to kind of get you going uh, in the direction within Nike. And then how did you get into like because you was in footwear and then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you did some uh, merchandising. How did how yep. did how did you use those different things to kind of get you into brand like, you know, brand oh, development? Yeah, so uh, after climbing into Nike, I was a white badge for two years, just relentless. So white badge uh, means you're an external employee. Contract. Con- yep. Okay, contract. Okay. Yep. yep. So I had my contract go from three days to seven days to 14 days to a month to six months to a year. I mean, I was bringing people danishes. I was doing power, whatever it took, man. I didn't care. That first one there, the last one to leave. And so I learned, ended up learning what a merchandiser was, obviously, which is, you know, how the product comes together at retail from colors to looks. And so uh, after Debbie had come back uh, from her honeymoon, she's like, I'm not going to let you go. You helped me too much. And so she taught me the skill of merchandising just in an amazing way. So I come to learn what that was. And one day she's like, I'm leaving. I'm going to tell them you deserve my job. And I'm like, what? She's like, you deserve a black badge. And so I ended up becoming the APLM of Nike White Label, which at that time is today it's called Nike Lab. All the tech fleece, all the uh, premium fleece and whatnot that Nike puts out. And so I ran that for two years. And then I got the itch to go to, uh, it was called Nike Pro. So it was base layer before base layer launch, right? Under Armour come out and, and just put a stake in the sand. And so I, uh, I got recruited to be the product line manager of Nike Pro. Only that time it was just called, oh man, it was called like Nike, Nike Base Layer. And the mission became, we've got to take over UA, their head and market share, because, you know, Nike's competitive as you. Like, it's yeah. like, we're not going to lose to anyone. And well, shit, so, I, remember, I remember you, uh, Under Armour, and, and I was a Nike athlete. And towards mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the late 90s, I remember getting like this base, this tight ass uh, mm-hmm. shirt, like a workout shirt in my cubby when I was with the Saints, like in 99 yeah. or, or, or 2000. And I was like, man, what is that? Man, it's, well, that's free. OK. And, and Nike didn't have it. <laughs> Nike had these loose, baggy, uh, yeah. like, kind of like a tennis Cotton shirt. Shimmels. And so I, so I put on this base layer. I thought, OK, this is tight. And we played on turf. So I was thinking maybe it would protect me. So even though I was a Nike athlete, I was wearing Under Armour, not knowing that they were even a thing. Hey, it's Alex Molden here. I'm always looking for ways to make an impact, and especially an impact for the community of athletes. And so I've put together a course. It's called the Higher Achievers Academy. 
and is to help former elite level athletes transition out of their sport. In this course, it's a six week course. And in this course, I'll personally guide you along the path from where you are and where you wanna be. We'll uncover your true identity, unlock your assignment, build your confidence, and help you both get in alignment and make the necessary adjustments to help you live a life of fulfillment. In week one, we'll go over identity. Week two is relationships. Week three is leadership. And week four, talking about your assignment, alignment, and adjustments that you need to make. And week five is telling your story. And week six is envisioning your future, getting interview ready. And that will be put on by my good friend and coaching career expert, Marin Roberts Huntley. I'm excited because it's hybrid. It's not just, you know, getting on your laptop and watching videos. No, it's hybrid where you'll do all these different things and you have different worksheets and uh, questions and and answers that you're going to have to provide, but you also get a chance to, to get online once a week on a Zoom call. And I'm limited to just 20 athletes. That's it. 20 athletes. Um, so I'm excited for, for this program because I know it can help a lot of people. And hopefully you are one of them. So make sure you go to alexmodencoaching.com to sign up. Yep. And that is what really taught me the power of brand going back to your brand question because as we built this base layer and it was premium there's no doubt it was better than ua but because they were first foot in the sand right mm. under armor is like tissue is like champagne it, it is synonymous with tight gear and so i would even have nike athletes in the beginning calling me saying tg can you send me some nike under armor I'll be like, LeBron, this is, Nike, this, is, this is Nike Pro Combat. But yeah, you know what I mean. Send me the Nike Under Armour. And because it was in their heads, it was, it was tight gear, right? Gotcha. And so that really was my first light bulb moment to go off in, in the brand world. Because I was like, how do they not know this is Nike Pro? They're a Nike athlete. But I was like, oh, first to market, the power of brand messaging. Uh, even the name, still, right? Even the name. Under, even the name. Under Armour. Under Armour. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and and going back to that, I remember raising my hand in the meeting saying, why do we call this Nike Pro? I don't understand. Under Armour, like you just said, yeah. it's so synonymous. Nike, yeah, we're Nike and we have pros, but what's that have to do with anything that goes underneath? <laughs> I remember everyone looking around the table, but it was my first light bulb moment. And then my second the man who changed my game in brand marketing, where all the light bulbs went off, is we would have to present on stage. You know, as a global product manager, I'd have to present to Japan, China, Europe, you name it. Nike Pro was going global, right? I did my first presentation uh, and I was so nervous. And like, we got a new GM. His name is Chris Amon. And to me, I'm like, okay, whatever. Man, I get up on stage, I look dead center. I'm like, no one even needed to tell me who Chris Amon was. I, I just knew from the presence, you know? Mm. I always say it's like Star Wars. When the Force is being used, you just, you you got the presence. I'm like, that's <laughs> got to be Chris Amon. So I presented. It was his first day. All the PMs went. Afterwards, all I know is my my product director calls me in his office. He's like, 
You just got blown up. Here's your notes from Chris. I got blown up because of you. Every PLM got blown up. Blown up? You What's are... that mean? Hold on. What's that mean? Good or bad? Like, What's that? Bad. Like, okay. you need to learn how to storytell. You need to know how to present. Your your PowerPoints aren't good. Uh, man, we don't fix this. Your job and my job are both going to be in trouble. Like, not for real, but, like, we need to correct things because there was a new standard set. There's a new standard set I've never seen of what premium, perfect, gold bar experience delivery is, right? Mm. And so Chris was super intimidating, but in a good way, because he just, it's like, man, if you're here, you better give me 110%. Like you expect that of athletes when you're training them. If you're coming in here giving 80, going through the motions, you're never going to survive, right? And I needed that because I got comfortable for a minute. Oh, man, I may be dead. And so... After I got blown up, I said, "There, you know, there's two things I can do. I can go back and try and figure this out on my own, or I can, and right when I said that in my head, I'm walking to his office. I'm knocking. Yeah, come in. I said, man, I saw the notes you gave my boss, Chris, and I'd seen him present. He's just a Jedi, like the best presenter I've ever seen alongside of H. I said, I don't know if I can get there, but I need you to teach me everything you know. I want to learn how you learn to present, how you build PowerPoints, how you deliver. If you want me to hit those notes, who's going to teach me better than you? And everyone's looking at me like, you're walking to Chris Amon's office. I was still so naive. I'm like, yeah, it's a VP, but it still didn't click in my head. Yeah, He's like 12 bands above me, right? <laughs> so I didn't know any difference. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to teach you. Are you sure you're committed? I'm like, man, I'm committed. He's like, I want you learning PowerPoint. Photoshop? Can you edit your own videos? I want you to take this book and read it. And I mean, it was like, I could tell he's really uh, seeing if I'm committed, right? Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, man, I'm up all night again, like U of O, learning Photoshop, Apple Final Cut, how to tell stories, watching Steve Jobs, watching old videos of Chris Amon on YouTube. And I quickly realized, man, he told me this once and it all of a sudden made sense. He said, if you work at Nike, you need to understand this Tim. product and marketing, or excuse me, footwear and apparel come number one. Brand marketing is number two. <laughs> AKA. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Say that AKA, again because people are not seeing this, but you said, you said product and marketing come number one, said, but, but you held up two fingers. Yeah. And then so he said, yeah, go ahead. Because, you know, everyone that's in footwear and apparel is so like this, right? Yeah. He's like, footwear and apparel come number one in this company. And now you Brand marketing comes number two. If you don't think we're a brand marketing company before footwear and apparel, that's, that's the wrong place for you. So then it clicked in my head of, oh, we sell dreams. And then that's the footwear. No one cares how many pounds of pressure in the air bubble or that I created the best fabrics. They care. Man, if I get them shoes, I can jump like Mike. If I get the newest, you know, cleat, I can run a 4340 like Alex Molden. I'm like, we're selling emotion. We're selling the belief and the product is just the superhero outfit you put on to think you can accomplish. And that self-belief most times, of course, the product helps more so than uh, you think. But it's that self-belief. Like you always say, this sticks in my head. TG, I'll never forget you saying this to me. I'm like, Alex, what speed did you run? And you were training Elijah in the Bojacks. He said, TGI ran a 4340. And I knew what that was. Of course, I'm like, man, 
And I remember I had a new cleat and you held it up and you said, but if I had these, your boy would have ran, ran a 4-1. And in my mind, I could just say, man, you ran a 4-3-40 in spot builds were big, heavy <laughs> tanks on your feet. Yeah. And these dudes are proud of running dang near bare feet with cleats, right? A 4-3. And really, you got to think about it with the mindset of you already knew you could run a 4-3 back in your day. And you had that cleat with your old self. You probably would have ran a four two. That's that's real, you know. And so, I learned we were sell, we're selling we're here to sell dreams and experiences that make people better athletes, and the products just the byproduct of of the unlock for whatever your dream you're chasing. If that makes sense, that makes that makes total sense. And which that's a great caveat to like the, my next question, because you you know you spent time at, at Nike. And how many years were you there? Mm-hmm. I was in Nike 11 years. 11 years. So, yep. So, moving from, and then also even before then, how long were you at uh, Nordstrom? Oh, man. Two years. Oh, yeah. Two years at Nordstrom. Two and years. Then, and then at Nike. And then stepping away from Nike, then becoming an entrepreneur. Like, yep. Because a lot of my listeners, yep. you know, have these different um, thoughts about being becoming an entrepreneur. But and you are one, and you're launching this this really cool brand uh, called Active. But you needed a knowledge base, I'm guessing, to be able to take yes. a thought and then a knowledge base, and then okay, how do what steps do I need to take to bring this to fruition? And your abilities in all levels, whether it's at, Nor- at Nordstrom's, whether it's at beginning at Nike with with merchandising, and then moving on to brand storytelling and product. Can you give my listeners like just like what are maybe like two to five, like the most important things when it comes to to entrepreneurship and like whether it's a digital product or it's something that's so cool, like Active? Yeah. um, The first bullet quickly I learned is when I moved to Jordan. So I was done with Nike Pro. Or going to Nike Pro, like, TG, we need you to move to Jordan to build their base layer program. We need you to build their training program now. And so I'm like, man, who doesn't want to work at Jordan? That was a dream, right? So I moved there. My first week, I briefed them, and I quickly learned we don't have the resources that Nike Inc. has. And so I briefed in base layer for Jordan. Within one week, my designer quit. And I was the only dude that knew base layer. And I'm like, what do I do? The, the VP of design said, TG, we're going to need you to design our entire base layer, line, base layer line and Jordan training apparel line. And I'm like, man, I'm in like brand and product. You want me to design? But I knew it. So I designed the first Jordan training line. And the first thing I learned is, man, in the entrepreneur world, sometimes you're only going to be able to count on yourself. So you're going to have to figure it out because there's no choice to launch Jordan training, right? Mm-hmm. It is just do whatever it takes. And I ended up designing the Jordan training line. And, you know, it went on to become a big success, which is how we met. And you came in to do breakfast club yeah. and all that. But it's like, sometimes you're going to have nobody but yourself. And, and if, if, you know, you go two routes, you know, like they say, uh, boiling water, the same boiling water that can soften a potato can harden an egg. And to me, man, Adversity harms me. You, you've got to be cut for adversity. The strongest steel must go through the hottest flames. And that's when you're going to find out. When you have only yourself to count on in that moment, either you're going to, you know, become soft or you're going to become hard. So you, sometimes you only have yourself. Mm, that's Number good. two, yep. 
Number two, I would say this is the most important one. You can't do it without a team. Like when you only have them count on yourself, right? It doesn't mean you don't have a team around you. The team comes before the eye. There's nobody that can do it alone in this world. I tell people, you think you can do it alone? Google it. Show me one person that's done it alone. Elon Musk hasn't. Phil Knight hasn't. Everybody had a crew around him. And if you don't put the team before the individual egos, you're at a dead loss as well. You know, I see so many people in the outside world drive uh, their teams through more of a dictatorship versus a teamwork. And so my current business now, the factory I'm working with, they're like, okay, we're the, we're the client, or excuse me, you're the customer or the client. I'm like, nah, we're the team. I want you to treat this like you're a part of Active, and I'm going to treat myself like I'm a part of your factory because I want to hear your input. I want to hear your voice, your voices and your reasoning behind things. And so number two, the, the team's got to come before the individual. And when you do that, you know, you, you've played on teams. You've seen this sometimes. The okay teams will outdo the teams with all the talent because you have a team working together versus individual egos. And so, you know, teamwork for sure before the individual. And the third one is, uh, it's that, it's that commitment, man. It's, I thought I knew what commitment was even working at Nike, Mm -hmm. but when all the noise disappears, you don't have a legal team. You don't have graphic designers. You don't have the brand team. You don't have product people, developers, you name it. And it's just yourself, right? The commitment is unreal. And, and I and I say that not even just my own commitment. I mean, I'm talking, I look at my wife every day, thanking her for being committed to keeping the household going while we chase this dream. I tell my kids, thank you for, you know, there's times I can't show up for allowing me to do this. And I know I need to be at your games in the future. And we will once we get there. And then everyone on the team, it's, it's nonstop. It's like when you're when you did football, man, and, and, and Elijah, it's it's relentless commitment because you're going to – I failed more than I succeeded. What MJ says, 100% truth. But then taking those nuggets and learning is a whole nother thing. And so be prepared to fail, but but don't quit, right? Yeah. You, you, you've got to be committed to the cause. And I always tell people when they say, hey, hey Tim, I want to start my own brand. I'm like, I thought I did too. I failed my first one. Now I'm on to active. and Make sure you're committed, not just you, those around you. You know, it's like I love listening to Inky. He said, man, when you're shooting for the stars, make sure the flames don't burn all those around you. Because it's one thing to get so focused, right? Yeah. But you're chasing your dream. But if, if, if your family, your friends aren't on board with that, especially your family, you're going to burn them out. And then great. You finished the mission with, with the dream at the end and you're sitting there alone. And so. Be committed, but make sure those around you are committed, your family. Yeah. Because you know what I mean? You're doing it for them. I'm doing this for my family. So yeah. those are probably my biggest. And the last one, mm-hmm. and this one's obviously short, is you got to take a chance. It's scary. I'm not going to lie. I wake up some mornings. I just told Jeffrey yesterday, man, I'm either going to be you know, a, a genius for figuring all this out with my team. I'm about to make the biggest mistake, but we're going to find out. And so, but I'm willing to take that chance, right? I've said, we're going to launch out of the atmosphere or we're going to crash and create the biggest crater, but we're about to make history either way. Yeah. And I'm committed to that chance. There's, there's, you said it, burn the ships. I burnt all the ships. And here we are today uh, with Jeffrey and I uh, and the rest of my team, uh, Nancy, Brian, and uh, coach uh, 
ready to launch this this next brand, man. I love it. And talk talk to my listeners a little bit about your brand because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it its service, but it's um mm-hmm. it's it's based on uh so it's activewear, but tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more and then actually why you got involved with it. You know, it's it's activewear and you have sure. a background in it, but it's something super yeah. super special and different. Yeah, so um so at Nike, you know, uh, I learned everything A to Z. Uh, going back to Jordan, working with uh, Jeffrey Jordan, him and I became super close, and we always talked about being entrepreneurs. And so I'm like, man, there's better ways to do this. We thought about sustainability, which is just things that are good for the planet. There's so much waste, like your typical base layer top or anything synthetic will take 150 years in the landfill to disintegrate. And so stepping outside in the dad shoes, uh, talking with Jeffrey, my other partners, it was man, I got kids. This this world's got to be here for them before I leave it. And so Tesla really got my mind spinning of, man, if they can make electric cars super premium and good for the earth, good for the planet, why can't we do this with apparel, you know? Mm-hmm. But I also knew, you know, there's a lot of sustainable brands out there that are more like earthy and cotton and they're good for the planet, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're durable. Like cotton's horrible for, you know, it'll rip, it'll tear. It's just, it just doesn't function like synthetic fabrics, right? But synthetic fabrics are made of petroleum, hence oil. I did it's not horrible know that. for the planet. I know I'm not the uh, only yeah. one that didn't know that. Yeah, horrible for the planet, right? And so going back to Tesla, I'm like, what if we could make the same exact product, only you wouldn't know the difference, that it's actually made of plants versus synthetics feels the same, looks the same, because I'm smart enough to know this. This is the only thing I'm sure. When Prius came out, I was like, yeah, it's electric, but not too many people want to be seen in the Prius, right? <laughs> that ain't cool. Well, you know, the, Prius the ain't Tesla, cool. Yeah. <laughs> the Tesla, everyone wants to be seen in it, but no one's like, man, look at this new electric car with the battery. They just want to be seen in the Tesla. Yeah. And then, yeah, the by, the byproduct of Tesla is it's good for the planet, but people are smiling ear to ear when they're driving those, right? And so I'm like, the same thing can be done with apparel. And so... Uh, getting the itch was I'm going to try and figure out how to make the the Tesla of active wear, knowing that females love Lulu. That's that's the go to man. It's it's the bar for women's leggings, for women's product in general. But I also had learned, Alex, that when men started wearing Lululemon in the locker room, man, what's this? Because I'm going in there trying to put them in pro. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know, man. My wife, my wife buys me this. Man, I love it. She's one buying. So I'm like. Okay, to break into the spring market, Lululemon men exist because females adopted it first because they're the real bosses of the house, right? We all know that. Yeah. And so they're buying their husbands it. So I'm like, okay, marketing to really make this a big brand. Thinking like, I'm thinking Nike, Gymshark, you know, Lulu, Outdoor Voices, big, big branding. I'm thinking it's got to start with females because there's nobody more in tune with not only product, right? Mm-hmm. But they're in charge of the household. And they and they truly care, you know, about what's going on in this world. When I say more than men, just, you know, sustainability, recycling, all this and that. Yeah. But I also knew I'm never getting a, uh, I'm never getting uh, females into product if it's not as good as their, their Lulu. There's no way. Yeah. They're not going to swap it out. And so my goal was, okay, let's create this brand active, which we, ha- we now have, which is can you make synthetic-like fibers? out of plant-based materials 
and have it look the same, feel the same to the point where if uh, like my wife put them on the first time, she thought they were her Lulus. And I'm like, we got it. This is it. I had a fabric developer who was my fabric developer at Nike. Mm-hmm. She left to work for a place. I worked with her for 15 years. She figured it out. It took us two years. And, and so my whole philosophy was, I, I always say this 50% innovation plus 50% culture equals a hundred percent dead on. And a lot of times people will just try and sell the story, but there's no innovation. Mm-hmm. And so people won't, well, some people will latch on, but it doesn't work out for the long run. If you just the innovation team, it's like, Hey, look at our innovation. That's great. People won't sacrifice it for style. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got to blend those two worlds, which taking it back to the testimony. So I'm like, why not have a sustainable brand that, looks feels and is as amazing as lulu and if someone was to put it on they would without any brand logos they wouldn't even know that it's not synthetic and so that's where we're at now the first biodegradable a sustainable activewear brand that feels looks is as durable as synthetics only it's good for your the planet it's good for your body and uh, it's 100% sustainable A to Z from our packaging to the hang tag to the product. Uh, first in its class, no one in the industry has done it. And uh, here we are today. Man, that is so cool. That is so cool, man. And how can how can people purchase it? How can, is it, where is it going to be? Do we have to go to a website? Or do, is it Amazon? Yeah. Amazon? Like, Tell my people where how they can purchase it. Yeah, so if you go to active a k a k t i i v dot c o active dot co, uh, you can place an order. Uh, this is actually great timing. Next week, our first PO arrives, which is all of our inventory. So we're going to have it in stock. If you purchase it uh, starting next Wednesday or Thursday, you'll be able to get it shipped out same day. Uh, up until so now, it's all been pre sales, but active dot co. Uh, go there, and I promise you, I, I I put my word on this. Is every every female that's tried on, you know, we had Alana in it yesterday. It's like, oh my gosh, this feels like Lulu. This, how is this made of plants? I'm telling you, your your mind will be blown, and it's not by accident. You know, they say luck is a residue of design, and it, it took a long time, but we're here. I'm telling you, I I bet my life on this. This is the the next the next one, even if it's just getting sustainability 2.0 launched meaning you know everyone's on recycled water bottles in this shirt and all this and that it's still made of petroleum right so a water bottle is still made of petroleum even if it's spun into a yarn it's still literally petroleum not good right this is literally just cut a line in the sand of sustainability 1.0 now it's it's biodegradable gone in five years looks feels just like synthetics right yep. there's a new line in the sand that every brand's gonna have to get on so next week it's available uh and i look forward to seeing uh what what happens man that is so cool man i'm excited for you thank you for sharing your story um it's very inspiring man from taking you know your past your wins and the losses and then understanding man where there's a gap in the market of, of you know, whatever and then kind of moving forward and creating something that's so cool, yeah. man. So cool. Yeah. And I say as well, Alex, you know, even going back to those bullet points we we're talking about, one more nugget is surround real ones around you because, you know, you've been an angel on my shoulder to the point where there's there's four people around me where I think in those moments, okay, what would Alex do? Okay, I've got to be accountable. Go look in the mirror. Are you lying to yourself? 
or are you being real? Like, are you turned on all the way? And so, you know, talking to Jeffrey every day, you every day, reaching out to H, some of the people I have around me, the circle's smaller than it's bigger. The, the more dialed in I get, the smaller my circle gets. And so, you know, thank you for holding me accountable to not only my own brand, but myself and my family every day through your book. It's, you know, I, I follow that philosophy. And you're one of those people, even when you're not around me, it's a gut check. Hey, what would Alex do? I can't be late. If I'm on time, I'm late. If I'm early, I'm on time. And so, you know, put real ones around you if you want to survive. Because like I said, nobody can do it alone. And you're going to find the smaller your circle is with real ones, you're going to be super successful. So thank you for always, you know, you, you tie in, you and H uh, have been mentors like no other. And for sure, I wouldn't be here without you. And so I'm going to also make sure we get active uh, sponsorship going on your shark effect, man, because you've been on this ride with me from day one. And you're just as much as inspiration as, as H and everyone that's been around me. So I definitely wouldn't be here without you, your friendship, watching what work ethic is and relentless drive. And so I appreciate it because, man, you, you've, you've got me here, too. So check it. If you like today's show, I want you to do me a couple of favors. I want you to subscribe. I want you to give me a rating and give me a review. And then the fourth thing, I want you to share it. Okay. And I'm not saying this for selfish reasons. When you guys do this, the more ratings, the more stars we get, five stars are dope, but the more impactful guests that we can have on the show. And the more impactful guests we have on the show, I think the more insights and the more value we can deliver for you all, my listeners. Okay, so if you guys can do that, it'll help us out, which will in turn help you out. Keep aligning, assigning, and adjusting yourself to the person that you want to become. 